Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Ma'am, 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 Mitchell. What would your mama say? Watch the ribs? If she ever knew that you were crawling out and carrying on that way, cracking it here. Yep, I would, I would like to level her up. <laughs> Daisy Johnson, that is. Is that Quake? The one who plays Quake? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Isn't that the, the alter ego of Quake? Yeah. Is it? No. Daisy, yeah, Daisy not, not the actress that plays. Oh. No. Okay. Daisy yeah. Johnson is the, the <laughs> character's name. Okay. Well, wh- whoever the, that actress is. Not the actress is. that plays her. Wow. He doesn't want the actress. He wants the cartoon. This is terrible. Chloe, Chloe Bennett is the actress. There we go. On, I'd like to level her up. Show. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> wow. Clearly Kirsten, because... Really, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> really? So for those of you who can't see, in, in Andy's nether regions, he put a sign that says, Hi, Matt. Because for those of you who don't know or probably listen, haven't listened to the last podcast, all he does is manspread, <laughs> and it's fucking annoying. But... Right there, right, uh, right in the Johnson and, region, and, and, just a nice big white sign. Yeah. And it didn't take too long either. No, yeah, Matt no. found it. Because <laughs> I was just looking up. If, if you were looking up, you were looking at down, my friend. Look at, look at, you look at his face. You see the white sign. It's just in my vision. Oh, that, that sure, that definitely. Sure, we'll, we'll go with that. I don't see a sign. It makes you sleep oh, better okay, at night. That's okay, fine. Okay, sure. <laughs> This being with well, those unidirectional signs, yeah. you could only see it, you only see it straight on. Yeah, that Chloe Bennett. I'd really like to stare at Andy's crotch for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number four hundred and thirty-five. I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. Fact checked, Andy. Maple Leaf Matt. Oh. <laughs> if you could only hear the head shake before it began. Yeah. And uh, what, we're here oh. to talk We Can Geek, and welcome Andy back to the show well, after good to be back. the carny life. Yeah. I missed you as well. Yeah. Some of us more than yeah. others, apparently. But Matt, the, Matt was mm-hmm. devastated yeah. that you came back. Yeah, yes. You guys Thank did you. okay without me. It was fine. I, uh, oh, I appreciate you know. your... Uh, you got some I have notes. notes. Oh, boy. Um, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 I wish you could see this, folks. He says, I have notes, and he whips out a... <laughs> Long ass paper, it's continuous. It's, it's like a like Note a Santa like a notes. Santa list. <laughs> yeah, it is exactly like a Santa list. Yeah, no, wow. actually, this, it, there are things on here, but there's really only two things of note. Um, <laughs> it's got two sure. things on this yeah. long list. Well, no, there's more than that, but there's two. I'm gonna two. I really want to. Um, Matt, I'm really sorry about that that sad moment in the first show I was gone for, where you discovered Wash was still dead. I'm really <laughs> sorry. Such a sad moment, man. You have my sympathies. And then the other one, this is the important one. Kirsten's preference for posh mice. So that posh spice? Posh, posh mice? Posh, posh mice. Posh mice. Posh mice. There there is is mumbling and stumbling. No, he likes posh mice. That, that much is apparent. I, he made himself absolutely clear that time. That's right. No, this is important. Oh, okay. Kirsten's preference for posh spice oh. correlates with his love of Duchess from Aristocats. Oh, that's true. Which explains so much about what's wrong with you, man. <laughs> Yeah, you would choose Ginger over Marianne. You would choose Veronica over uh, Betty, and you would choose Daphne over Velma. Actually, You're wrongity wrong wrong. Actually, I would choose Marianne over Ginger, 
But otherwise, yeah. Yeah. Rut row, Raggy. Yeah. That's that's what's wrong with your life. The stuck that, up that's, ones. That's, yeah, that's, a, you, you, that's you the women key that to are, my heart. Yes. Oh. Be utterly stuck up. Be a bitch. The, the ones that are going to treat you like garbage and, there you and go. leave you by oh, the side of the road. Stop, Jeff. You're exciting me. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I'm getting stop, my Jeff. own little high ah, mat now. Ah. Yeah. So that's it. Now, Rhett's is here. Just, you know, I could read it, but you know, I want to get on with this show. I want to hear this one. Wait, He's going to save it for another show, basically. Are you? No. Stu- do you want to hear more of this? You really do. I, of, you, of your you notes? You took the time to make notes. I'm going to have to take notes in a couple weeks because I'm going to be All on the right. road. Oh, boy. I have birthed now. a tradition. Yes, you have. <laughs> and oh, Matt oh, okay. is, Matt, Matt's leaving. All right. <laughs> See, I was always, anytime I was out of town, I always intended to take notes. Yeah. Cause I would, but I would be typically listening to it in yeah. my car, and then I would forget when I get back. Well, I, I don't really know that because... I generally don't miss right. cats. Yeah, yeah I was well, going for some a of us your hand off that mic making that noise. <laughs> some of us have other obligations, right. Kirsten. Oh, wow. Well, wow. Just driving just the just steak home, isn't it? Yeah. How's that feel? You Oof. feel like a vampire? Oof. Um, yeah. The record button's on. I double checked that. I just want to make sure. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, uh, the Strand in New York. I've been there. It's cool. I want to go so oh, bad. It's so good. Want to go so bad. And they, they have another book thing. Another book box. Mm-hmm. If I get tired of page habit, I'll go for yeah. the Strand. There was a comment about me making, uh, be coming back and making references to jokes that were back in Miami. Mm-hmm. Like how how is me making references to joke? Nobody understands any different than any other week. That was our point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Well, the real thing yeah. I want to know, though, Andy, is mm-hmm. how are Michael and Fiona? Uh, uh, I couldn't find them. Okay. I, I, so as far as I've told, I've, I've been told they're dead. Okay. How are the plush time wins, kids? <laughs> the what? The plush time wins, kids. Uh, are those your your your? Yeah. Did, you, did you see the video I sent of the the box? Of the box? There's a, there was a trailer. What's in the box? You mean the claw machine yes, lineup? Yes, the box of, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. what's in the box? Yeah. And that thing packed up in about a half an hour. That was one of the first things gone. That huge thing just closed up so fast and went away so quick. I, I thought my eyes were rolling. <laughs> hey, it's down to a science, man. Oh. Carnies, carnies don't mess I was around. amazed how much stuff disappeared, how quickly when that thing closed up. It was crazy. And then there were other things that were there for days afterwards, but yeah. Who's, who said Ovaltine Hawking, man? That was genius. Was that you? I don't know. Somebody talked about using making uh, Stephen Hawking into Ovaltine. That was that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his ashes? Yeah. Oh, because we were talking about going in space, yeah. and yeah. I think. In, okay. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a joke I'd make. You say yeah. an hour and a half of shit we don't remember. Right, right. Yeah. Oldest guy with the youngest spirit. I'll take that. That's good. I like that. I think you're just making shit up now. Yeah. No? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you are. You are. Also, somebody said Andy stumbles, stumbles over. There we go. Andy stumbles over words with confidence. I'll take that. Uh, okay, I see the direction that these was notes are going yeah. now. Yeah. I think I'm, that I'm was in reference to, to Torgo yeah. stumbling when he reads yeah. the news stories and is ashamed of his stumbles, yeah. whereas you stumble through words with confidence. Yep. Absolutely. That's, I think that's where that one came from. I just have a note here that says, look upon my crotchy Maddie in despair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put my size 12 in there soon. <laughs> you wish you had a size. Oh, you mean your feet. I oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you know what my, they say my... about a Canadian's feet. <laughs> you were worried about me spilling on They're my, my Oasis gear? That wouldn't happen. 
your Oasis gear. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is actually the uh, the whole thing with the with the strawberry mark on her face in uh, in Ready yes. Player One. Yes. Now, wouldn't it be cool if they'd gone like full on Elephant Man with her? Yes. Yeah, that would have been a bunch more cooler. It definitely would have been. Yeah. But then the audience pushing the bounds of Hollywood. Oh yeah, that. Oh, no, we don't want to push the bounds of Hollywood. Mm. Well, <laughs> I, I love the story grenade concept. Watch yourself for that. I'm gonna save a few of those. Story, more, more, more like story minds, where I apparently will will say a leading statement and then just let it there. And oh yeah. yes, yeah. You, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Now you're gonna <laughs> use that. Oh yeah. I, oh no no no. I'm now, terrified. Now I'm aware of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you do the best Andy impression. Torgo does. Absolutely. <laughs> was, was I trying? Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you were trying. <laughs> no, no. He potentially did one. Uh, I like the part where uh, Jeff came in the week he wasn't here and then recapped the entire <laughs> Toys R Us Bane thing. Oh, for yes. The, for, the, for the people who hadn't listened to the episode, like Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I didn't get I, a chance I, to. I just let him go with it. There's like, yeah, Some people might need yeah, a recap. Uh, <laughs> Oh, and I really want to see the Rod Serling episodes of In Search Of. Are those out there somewhere? They may try to hunt those down. Somebody said that I, the first three episodes of In Search Of were done by Rod Serling. I didn't try to hunt them down. Doesn't mean you can't find them. Some, mm-hmm. Someone's I, out there has done the work for you. I yeah. know at some point they put the Leonard Nimoy's ones out on DVD, but I don't know if they went back and did the... Because it wasn't... Cause the Serling ones you said were like almost like made-for-TV movies, right? They were like a... Really early. Con- yeah. Cl- clear, concise, like single episodes yes but they were just longer and then the yeah they didn't go to series until nemoy came on board so yeah i i, I don't know if those are out there i'll have to I see if i can them. how many more them. notes you got uh just a lot in one the rest of it's a prop oh okay. um <laughs> uh, torgo torgo what kolchak the night stalker yes come on oh i know it exists it it, it takes place in it starts in vegas does it yes it was written by a las vegas sun reporter oh yes that's interesting jeff rice the Jeff? book or the series? The book. Okay. So, yeah. It, it starts in Vegas, and then he gets driven out of Vegas. Is there only one book? Uh, I think there may be two. But there's, there's, one, there's one book, and then the whole series is based on that one book, because he gets kicked out of Vegas at the end of the... Sorry, spoiler. He gets oh. kicked out of Vegas at the end of, uh, of, the, of, the, of the movie and moves on to, I think, Chicago. He might get kicked Chicago. out of another place, too. Does he get kicked out of somewhere else between there? Because there were two made-for-TV movies before the series. Uh, I don't think so because wasn't his boss, um, you know, angry big editor boss? Wasn't right. he in both the movies? Yeah, and that's the Chicago paper. Right. So now I know they did a like a really limited Kolchak comic book series. They did, um, and I Dark I, Moon something or Full Moon or I, I'm trying to find it now because it just suddenly dawned on me that they did that. But uh, and they rebooted the series and it was awful. Um, no, yeah. The, the reboot was terrible. For some reason, the poor starving reporter lived in a giant glass house on top of a hill, in, um, of a top of the Hollywood Hills. Oh well, you know, you if know. you're going to starve, yeah, that was one thing about Kolchak. style. That was one thing about Kolchak because he really did look like a starving reporter. He really dressed frumpy because he couldn't afford anything else, and he lived in a crappy place. And the 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 uh, newspaper office looked like a crumpy, little, crappy little uh, newspaper office. Okay, yeah. I've seen scenes, mm-hmm. seen the opening, never seen the show. You should probably see the movie. She's the first TV movie, the the, the one is actually called The Night Stalker, Kolchak, The Night Stalker, based on the novel. Which is a, yeah, which is a, a, vam- a vampire first? in Vegas, a vampire in Vegas. Yeah, should I read the novel first? I 
don't know. Um, uh-huh. Probably not necessary. That sounds like a challenge. All right. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> now, I saw, I, I, I'm, I'm not done with Ready Player One, the novel, but I'm about two thirds of the way through. And yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you. I, I, I'm glad I did it that way because I'm enjoying the novel. I think if I'd seen it the other way around, I would have been slightly miffed, but I liked it. Well, we, we had a couple emails sent to us about uh, some reactions to the movie versus the novel, mm-hmm. so we'll get to those in a little bit. Cool. Uh, one from Deb and Barry. Ooh. About Ooh, it. Deb or Barry? Both. Wow. They did something both together. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but first, what geeky things you do this week, gentlemen? Here you go, Andy. Go nuts! Oh, I'm not <laughs> there you go. Let him free. Fly. You're, you're lucky in that I was stuck at the uh, the carnival, so I didn't really do a lot of geeky stuff. I did a lot of work, but I did go to the um, the Coral Castle, which was pretty cool. Tell me about the Coral Castle. It's one of those crazy buildings made by a madman that became a tourist attraction. He basically carved a big stone house structure in Florida out of not really coral, but it's actually limestone. Um, and lifted but these. Did to look like coral? I guess. Well, that's the the limestone out there looks like coral. It's oh. it's, it's naturally that way. Um, but he lifted these huge rocks by himself. He 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 used all kinds of crazy leverage and wouldn't let anybody watch while he built it. So it's it's all tied up with mystery and. Oh, it, I like people with that much time on their hands. Yeah, I thought. Wasn't there an in search of? I'm sure there was. That? I'm sure there was. Because it was like the the whole. Did he lift the coral rock? The giant mm-hmm. pieces of coral stuff. Come on, the, he had aliens do yeah. it. Did he yeah. use druidic yeah. magic? Yeah. There's a. I mean, he used yeah. like car parts and stuff for the hinges. So like, there's there's a three ton stone. You can still one person can yes. push easily. Yes. You, they showed you that, right. and it's just like one person, and it, it's the the thing is like the size of your wall. Oh wow! It's mm-hmm. huge, and and it's so wonderfully balanced, right? That mm-hmm. one person can just push it. Well, the one this one don't is, try to stop. The, the it, one though. is three tons, about the size of the couch you're sitting on. The one is nine tons, oh. was about the size of the wall, but that doesn't move anymore because the three ton one had <laughs> it landed on a kid. No, because the three ton one had a place to oil it from the top, and the nine ton one didn't. Ah. so it's rusted shut now. Uh huh. Shame. Yep. Shame. That mm-hmm. stuff Shame. happens. Shame. Yeah. Shame. But it's very cool. The whole thing is carved, and the whole thing is a uh, love letter to a girl that dumped him. Oh, wow. Uh, back I, in, lo- back I love in, this story. Back in the old country. And uh, it's, you know, there's like a throne for him and, and, and the girl, and, and his places. There's there's stone beds for him and his girl and, and, and the, the inevitable children. And, yeah. And there's, a, and there's a well in the middle of it. There's actually a stairwell going down. Oh, wow. And you can actually see the water down there because, you know, it's four. The water table is like three feet down. Right. Yeah. There's a well like that in Kansas somewhere where you get just this giant well. You just follow these spiral staircase down into. And, and then the deep ones come out. No, I mean, there's just there's there's a grate at the bottom and you're standing oh, right above oh, the that water. Keeps the deep ones down yeah, there. That's mm. just great. Yes. Yeah, it's it's. it's Hearing stories like that that make me glad Lego was invented. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's how, how I do all my, my odes to broken hearts. Right. <laughs> what else you do, gentlemen? <laughs> you're letting me down, Andy. You're letting me down. Uh, In a good way. You're I'm letting me down by uh, putting that Matt, mic at your mouth. Matt. You're, you're gloppy? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Matt, have you totally forgotten? So, We're going to be running through this, and then as we oh, move on, he's like going to be line. like, I oh, remember something me. else I did. Yeah, the no, grenades. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's not quite it, but okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, you didn't go. Yeah, Shit. you didn't go, Kay. You didn't go. Finally, well, someone else is misremembering stuff. No, I was all set to let you take the lead on this part, but I went to the Friday the 13th party. No. And brought back my... 
Camp Counselor Badge. Wait, you got a Camp Counselor Badge? This is great. Camp Crystal Lake. Hi, my name is Andy. I'm your Camp Counselor. But Jamie didn't forget you guys. You all have Camp Counselor Badges. (gasps) And thank you. Pens and and popcorn things. The bottom one's for you because it's the most horrible, she said. Oh, that's fantastic. Absolutely. And and bloody pens with, oh, it's their actual, like, marked up look like Jason. Yes. Oh, Jamie, you're amazing. You're amazing. Just in your party planning skills. My word. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the Friday the 13th party at uh, Jamie's. It was planned, planned by her and her brother. Her brother put a lot of work into it, too. Uh, I think mostly, well, no, I, 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 I don't know who put in the most, but they both put in a ton of work. There was a few, huge stand-up, uh, seven-foot-tall Jason. Rock. Uh, there was another Jason that was a thing you could put your head through a hole in it and uh, look like Jason and cut your head off. Oh wow! Yeah, I saw the uh, pictures of that. That was all that kinds was of cool. food. They, you know, there was like a giant edible displays of Jason stuff. There was a corpse laying out on the table that uh, had all a bunch of little silver. Oh, yeah. You know, had the little the aluminum foil dishes in it, and you, they got all filled with food when the food was cooked. So you were, wow. yeah, eating the body. Tell uh, me about the, tell me about this piece of wood you licked. Uh, I didn't. I didn't lick that piece of wood. That's not. That's not my. No, no Andy look. was just guac blocking. I was, the yeah. whole. Oh yes, I was guac blocking. That's right. Uh, I, I was. I was. That actually, that actually did happen. But the photo was posed. Okay. But uh, but I, I did. I did stand with my arm kind of over the guacamole so nobody could reach it for a minute, and somebody gave me shit about it. So we, yeah. But uh, so I was guac blocking. But uh, no, the, uh, the the her brother has a piece of one of the cabins from Crystal Lake. Ooh. It's, it's a it's a so slice of a log, so it's a big brown slice with the middle of a log. It's like my little chunk of Goonies house yeah. that I own. It's I love log, it. It's log. Yeah. It's log. It's big. It's, it's wood. That's awesome. Yeah, but it was a great party. And then there was uh, there were games. There was uh, there was trivia, and uh, and I which I failed at miserably. Oh, I didn't actually the first round of trivia. Uh, three people tied for first, and I came in fourth. Oh. which is impressive because I've never seen a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you're doing smell all right. this and tell me this does not smell like theater paint. Sure. You sniffing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, oh yeah, that unmistakable man. smell. That's, that's some a, good it, shit right it, there. It smells like my little craft table over oh, there where yeah. I'm painting my <laughs> yeah. little Warhammer figures. You know what? Uh, Warhammer, 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 Warhammer. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It just like it it has that distinct smell. What it what it is is the the clear uh, spray. There's a, it's a seal holding the right. acrylic down. Yeah. yeah. We had to use that like when you'd paint sets mm-hmm. on, in film school and then you'd have to spray that over because if the actors had to put their hand on it or whatever. Right. And, That's right. Yeah. Those fucking actors. It'd mess it up. The actors ruins were always the theater production always like actors. fucking up the sets. They yeah. never wash their hands. No. Actors. They're filthy, filthy creatures. Yes. Jesus. I think I got out. It's like yeah. this is the wall you can put your fist through. This is the fake wall. No, not the. Oh God damn it! Yeah, that there was. There was I was in the moment. Yeah, that, that's always the excuse too. Mm-hmm. And then the guitar is all broken up. And it's really yeah, funny because right? that's no excuse. There was a uh, um, the docks in the little display were uh, Kit Kats, so like you could eat the, the planks. Oh, nice. Oh, hey, Andy, there's something. the first All right. thing you we had it. off the table. Congratulations, Jamie. You created Andy's first knockover. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of his return. Of his return. The yes. return of the knockover. Well, his first retu- his first knockover of the podcast. Yeah. I'm oh. sure he knocked over some stuff at the party. Yeah, you knocked over uh, some stuff at the... Uh, no. Oh, Andy. Uh, Jamie can... Jamie or Celestia can come in and tell me if I did, but I don't think I did. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jamie. If you Celestia. can't remember, that's where it's. you have to get worried. 
Nah. He's just, you know, conveniently not remembering. Yeah. Selective amnesia. I just yeah. envision you walking into the house mm-hmm. on the side of the street, and just all of a sudden, all lights go off. Oh, and he spilled something. Yeah. And something. <laughs> it is a horror movie thing, so if the lights went out, it'd be there you oh, go. Yeah, so a plus. It fix. It's I know. The perfect. zombies are running down the street. Andy. Ah! <laughs> 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 but curious about young brains. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you do, gentlemen? <clears throat> Well, we uh, ran some D&D. Tell me about the continuing adventures of Bagpipe. Yeah, Bagpipe Man. That's right. In our Wizards and Warlords campaign. So so originally, we were. this was supposed to be the Andy is not around campaign. So whenever Andy's you know, working on Sundays or something, we'd break this out. But, you know, Matt and I are having so much fun. We were like, fuck it. Let's just keep going for a while. And I actually have stuff planned with the other that I'm kind of working with Andy on. So we'll get back to the other campaign when we're ready. All right. So you're <coughs> going to br- you're gonna bring Andy in on this campaign? Uh, he came in. Already in. He came in. All right. Yep. We made use of uh, Xanathar's Guide to Everything, which is a TA. A whoops. <laughs> I almost got old school, which is a Wizards of the Coast. You almost went TSR on I me? almost said TSR, yeah. <laughs> Wait, they're not TSR anymore? Oh, no, ooh, bad news, Andy. Oh, no. But yeah. Um, Wait, Wash is dead? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and um, uh, we pulled out the swashbuckler archetype because it's Andy. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's, a, it's a rogue archetype. So we got a character ready for him. He and I uh, shot a few ideas back and forth for the background of the character. And then I just folded him right into where they were. So they ran into him almost immediately. Then they threw me a curve. Uh, the well that empowered uh, yep. Matt's, Matt's glaive. The glaive of the, law. The smart. The smart glaive glaive. of law. The, the well of power. I was like, okay, you know, I... I uh, little DM secret. I hadn't really planned on that thing beyond the glaive. I figured they were going to move on, but no. It's like, well, what about this? What about this? Well, and Matt's like, I'll wash, I'll, I'll this, I'll that. And I'm it's like, the chickens looking at the red wa- water spigot. Yeah, you know. And I'm like, God damn it. And so I'm thinking, <laughs> and, then and then I'm I said, like, I take a drink. Yeah, and he, <laughs> then he's like, Oh, I'll take a drink out of the well. And I'm like, Well, fu-. and I'm like, Well, <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> So they have part of the part of the cheesy seventies kind of me- heavy metal feel. Yes, is they they all have crystals in their foreheads, and the original Sold. the the original descript the idea behind it is those are the control crystals for all the um, <clears throat> uh, how did the grandmaster put it prisoners who are forced to work. And I was like, I was thinking, you know, we'll have, we'll, in some session, we'll deal with changing the crystals. And I figured I'd give them a cool power when they, when they alter, when they reconfigure their crystal. But I wasn't ready to do that right then and there. And Matt did that. And I'm like, well, let's get this out of the way. And so we, what did we spend? Three hours later. Was it an hour, an hour and a half? We spent forever, but I'm like going through the book and I'm having them make rolls. Get, getting power? Yeah, because they would, they'd rub the, the water from the well on their crystal. Then they'd take a drink and then I'd figure out uh, a, a power. And, and so um, I gave like Matt's character, 
the paladin has a power where uh, it at a higher level, I think seventh level, they have an aura yes. that you add to uh, an ally's saves <clears throat> when they make a saving throw. So he's got that aura now with the glaive of law, and then. Uh, 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 Paulette, I uh, had to figure something, and I figured something for Lewis, and I, I was like, oh, what the hell am I gonna do? You know, I was also frustrated because Stephanie hadn't even checked out her magic item yet. Everyone's like, oh, I got the Glaive of Law, and I've got my quiver, and you know, and I've got my my lightsaber, and Stephanie's like, I don't have anything, and I'm like, no, you got something. It's the barbarian. Yes, she. I got. Remember the bag of tricks. That's the bag where you reach in, you find a little ball of fur, and you throw it, and it becomes a creature that serves you for a day. That's, that's an old, old... I don't remember that. That's an old, old D&D item. Well, yeah, Steph didn't remember it either. Actually, she, she probably never knew. <laughs> no. But, but she kind of forgot that she had the bag, and so they remembered, and then they tested it out, and then they then she started... Throw, throwing fur? Yep. Throwing fur and getting companions. Balls, yeah. Yep. And there was plenty of ball <laughs> handling jokes. So, um, but uh, yeah. So we finally got Andy rolled in, and then they climbed a mountain, which I wasn't ready for them to climb. And I'm yeah, like, we, oh, we walked up the, his map again. Yeah, we. How the hell are we gonna what's, deal what, with this? What's at the top? Of They're the in a citadel. You mean okay. the holodeck is, didn't have that program? <laughs> yeah, to, right. It wasn't ready for so that ran, one. They ran into the wall. They walked. <laughs> no, they walked off the edge of the map. So, and you know, uh, I wish there was a wall there. That would have stopped them. Where do you want to go next? Well, this is mountain. Yeah, exactly. Well, the the the, <laughs> the citadel. There, there's a reason we picked that way. Shumagor no. Citadel, and yeah, part of it I'm to blame because. His, his citadel is built in a mountainside. Made made description a little too happy. And well, I had all the, the destruction picket. and undead armies of the necromancer over here, and like on the opposite side was a mountain. And so they were like, "Well, we'll climb the mountain." And I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> and just see him behind his DM screen. Don't. Oh my god! And what? I don't even have a DM screen, so oh, it's you worse. Don't? Yeah. Okay. Nope. All rolls out where people can see him. This is D&D with balls. This is, and this is modern D&D. You don't need all those tables anymore. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no tape figs. You what are these figs? You don't need that fake line. Yeah. But um, so then we spent forever falling down cliffs and yeah. pitons and rope and climbing. And, and it getting colder and colder. And colder. And, and Andy's character, all he had was his sword and his loincloth. Do you have to roll uh, the schwach, check to see whether the piton was properly secured into the rock face? No, no. Oh. I, I, I gave them that because they were having a hard enough time just rolling, <laughs> climbing. It was, it was really funny. I, Lewis turns to Matt and goes, would you, cl- would you carry me? And, and Matt's like, well, what's your strength? And he looks at his sheet, and he's like, oh, God, all right, I'll carry you. And so, so like, Lewis's character climbs on Matt's character, and Matt's like, don't tell anybody about this. All right, here we go. And Not he that rolls, there's anything wrong with it. And he rolls, and nothing happens. He's like, oh. So he doesn't even get off the ground. He's just like, oh. Oh, this is gonna suck, and it was just, and it was just like that the whole way. Oh wow! Oh boy, that was long. The mountain episode. But I finally got it. Yeah, really. But I got him in a cave, and then we called it a night. So that's right. And but I yeah, got, and so, I got a red kilt. So, oh yeah. So the bird, oh yeah. Oh my! Oh my! I 
when they looted the treasure and they're getting their magic items, I there are some bolts of luxury, some really rich silk. The idea being, well, when they find a clothier, they'll get some nice duds makeup and they can have good silk clothes for their characters. And, you know, because they start off as prisoners who are forced to work. So <laughs> hence the loincloth. Yeah, yes. exactly. That's a, that's a choice. <laughs> <laughs> Is so, it a red leather loincloth? Yeah, real. Oh, God. Don't and, give them ideas. <laughs> Andy, I'm going to need you to cosplay as your character. I'm <laughs> foreshadowing here. I'm foreshadowing so, here. So they're, like, getting cold and everything. And at one point, Lewis just jokingly is like, well, we could burn the silk. And Matt's like, well, how much silk do we have? And, and Paulette's looking at him like, we're not burning the silk. And we, we get into an argument about silk burning. <laughs> and then Andy's like, actually, if I could just have a bolt to, to war- and warm myself up. And they're like, yeah, okay, you can have some silk. And so Andy being Andy, he rigged himself up a, you know, a, a good old authentic kilt. Ah. Which, which covers your chest, too. Yeah, the, 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 the kilt is just rolls and layers and folds. and It's like, it's like a toga. Pretty much, yeah. Kind of like a knee-length toga when you think about it. There, there's some theories that that's where the phrase the whole nine yards comes from, but most people say that's bullshit. Yeah, that, I think that's a World War II <clears throat> yeah. thing. But Anyway, yeah, so 27 feet. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's where we left off. All right, and so- uh, Andy's, Andy's character right now and Matt's character are actually getting along with each other. Mm-hmm. kind of oh, scary. Yeah. Well, that'll change. So, I mean, Andy wasted no time kissing Matt's character's ass, and apparently that's all it took to win. Clearly there was some leadership needed here, and we didn't need any fighting. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that your character's voice? Indeed. I yeah. love it. So. All right, so just to recap this week's adventure, you found a swashbuckler. Yep. You Harrison Sharp. Captain Harrison Sharp, thank you. Although, currently, my ship is dead. And you've got yeah. crystal head pieces that have powers now. Yeah, and their jewels have all got different colors, too. Everyone's got a distinct color. It's very Tarna. And then you climbed a mountain. And then they climbed down the mountain into a cave. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. and, and we used a crazy lizard bird to scout for us. Yep. A jureg right. for real fantasy fans out there. Um, but, yeah. So we're moving along steadily. Hopefully next week we'll get some real uh, fighting in. Yeah. That was good stuff. I, I believe we've been redirected back into the uh, Citadel. Oh, Andy. That's a very <laughs> cynical appraisal of the situation. <laughs> we got into a cave and on a staircase going down. We, we shall see. Yeah, yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out once I figure it out. I finished... Uh, the Happen Lettered Third series. Oh, good. This uh, this last week was the finale, and man, that show gets better by the season. It's once they've established those characters, the things they do to them make rough going. Yeah, but it's so so good. Uh, Joe Lansdale's characters. Read the series or watch the series. Either way, high praise in all directions for these these characters. So if you haven't found it yet, Happen Lettered. Finish the Sandman Slim novel. Also high recommendation. By the end of that, I was all on board. Mm. I, I don't know if I'll read all 10 books or whatever it is in the series, but I'll probably make a good way down it. It's uh, uh, To kind of recap what it is, it is a human that was sent to hell and then fight in the pits. A cast was a spell was cast upon him, and instead of dying, going to hell, he just went there alive. And because ah! 
because he was a living human in hell, he became a somewhat of a gimmick and oh. a, a show gimmick for Lucifer down there before he found his way out back to find the people that sent him there in the first place. Yeah. The first book is basically setting up the whole series, but it does a really good job in its mythology building. Oh, all right. So Sam and Slim is awesome. Uh, watched Happy Death Day this week. I watched it too. That's the uh, Groundhog Day horror film. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, that's and it's exactly what it is. It knows what it is. It makes it's a, fun. It too. makes a Groundhog Day joke in there. It knows what it is. Yeah. If you like Groundhog Day, it's that with a slasher mystery attached to it. It works. Um, I'm not. It's not going to knock your socks off, but it is really entertaining. Oh yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun because I mean those kinds of stories definitely the the characters and how they interact repeatedly with the other characters and the day-to-day thing that's the selling point it's on that always style of fun story. to watch how each day changes a little bit yeah and i i have to hand it to uh, jessica roth she's the lead actress in this film she does a really good job of turning someone you absolutely despise into somebody that absolutely charms you but at the same time, holding a little bit of that person that you despise all the while. A little bit of the, as she herself describes, the bitchiness. Yes. Yeah. So uh, kudos to uh, Jessica Roth and her her character development. She What's that really? On? Hmm? Is that on Netflix or is that? I got this on the Netflix disc. Oh, the disc. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm sure it won't be long before it's on some streaming service. It's a Bloomhouse production. They're, they're churning those things out left and right these days. Right. So, yeah, happy death day. Thumbs up. Uh, Also want to remind everybody, because I forgot to the last two weeks, that this uh, month's book club is a graphic novel, and the one that was chosen was Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, So the discussions have already opened up for that, but join us anytime you're ready if you want to read it. Uh, You know what? I I never read Infinity Gauntlet in all this time. You had it, right? I have it right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I, I've got it digitally finally, so now I'm going to be able to finally start reading it now that I've finished Sandman Slim. I'm only reading two other novels. So, only so, two? Yeah. Hmm. I still got the Gaunt's Ghost. I'm running through that. And the uh, Megarothka, however you say that novel by Robert Ashcroft that was sent to me in the page habit box. With still the, awesome. With the, with the wonderful fake notes. With the wonderful notes. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the geeky thing I tried to do this week was watch Zardoz. Oh my god! <gasps> Where'd you get that? It was on uh, Retro, uh, the Retro Channel. Oh wow! On cable. Holy cow! That is a jumbled visual and storytelling mess. <laughs> I, I wanted I, to watch that forever. I had never seen it. I just, I'd only, I, I know immediately what it is every time I see pictures from it. Right. But I had never watched it. Zardoz. For those who don't know it, do talk, your best. Talk about your red leather, <laughs> red leather loincloths. Yes, yes. So, as best as I could figure out, there are wealthy, well-to-do people. It's it's kind of like um, it's already going great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's rollerball with loincloths. <laughs> It's kind of like this is what I was seventies Euro trash comic, uh, All right, heavy so metal. But you not... have these people that are relatively immortal that okay. are living in a kind of a. It's like a giant uh, mansion property. Okay, so it's their quote unquote walled garden. So they're so away it's from a the, picture. The, an estate. the barbarians. Yeah, it's an estate. 
Okay. So they have their estate. They're wealthy. You know, they have relatively little to do, and they live forever. And then you have like the barbarians, who are killed off here and there for their entertainment. Okay. Like they have, um, they have like a select few that they send out, and they kill off, uh, or they basically the this the particular. I, f- I don't even know what you call it, like a Zed or is Zed. I think is the character that Sean Connery Sorry, plays. Get, get, what, and what, he, where's the big head with the guns come in? The oh, the big floating stone head that that oversees the the fighting, like because like Zed is from what I could gather, um, he's like the agent for these immortals, and he brings guns to the barbarians and basically lets them kill themselves, and that's for the entertainment of the. The wealthy, because they have nothing to do. And uh, anyway, I there's guess a, there's apparently a, there's, a, there's a parable in this. I, I know. <laughs> apparently, Connery's character has been like selective, like his ancestry has been selectively bred, so that he was like supposed to be the quote unquote savior, supposed to save them by bringing them mortality or something. I don't know. Like it said, it's really hard to follow this film. I even looked at the Wikipedia entry and couldn't follow what the <laughs> fuck was going on. Wikipedia read Zardoz, Z A R D O Z, and it comes from the combination of Wizard of Oz, the Wizard of Oz, which is a book that Zed's, I guess, creator, the guy that like essentially paired up the various parentages of his history to create him. He when he was created, he gave him the book, The Wizard of Oz, to try to get him interested in whatever so anyway well, that obviously didn't it's work. it's a crazy it's visually a jumbled mess the plot is difficult to deter determine as you're watching it and uh yeah i i <laughs> i don't recommend that movie to anybody <laughs> unless you just have a little bit of uh, masochism and I was going to use it for ideas for the campaign. Yeah. I I say go for it. Oh, (laughs) crap. Then go for it, Especially with the silk. Maybe you'll have better luck following it than I did, but wow. Zed, man. Zed, It's, yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) But I did get to see Conan the Barbarian as well, which is the the Schwarzenegger one. Okay. Actually, I've seen both of them in the same month. Go figure. The the more recent one and then the, Mm. the original Schwarzenegger one. And I haven't seen the Schwarzenegger one in... More than a decade, a especially all the way through. Very entertaining, although the follow-up Conan the Destroyer, not not quite as not quite as entertaining. Did you watch that one again this this month too? Yeah, it, it, they were. In fact, the, Conan uh, the, month. The Destroyer I saw yesterday. I was just mm. like, oh look, Conan the Destroyer. I'm like, this isn't as good as I remember. I don't think I've seen Destroyer. That's the one with um, uh, Grace Jones. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that one. Mm. It's also really. Awkward and weird once you realize that Olivia Diabo was 14 years old oh, when they shot that film. Oh, yeah. Film. And she's really? wearing all the slinky dresses, mm. and you're just like, <laughs> I don't know yeah. how I feel about this now. And he is suddenly <laughs> feeling awkward. Yep. Oh, boy. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, I, I saw a Tracy Ward's movie before she was out. Oh, so. Andy. Yeah. <clears throat> so Cops I'm, I'm, already, I'm now. already in trouble. You realize this is admissible in court, right? I because when I was a kid, I didn't know. You know, just like, oh, okay, she's you know, she's hot. Blah, blah. Now I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, damn. I know the moral <laughs> implications of a kid looking at a kid and going, well, she's hot. Right. <laughs> Anything else you do, gentlemen? Oh, uh, did, did we did a little something geeky at dinner. 
we retaught Andy the math order of operations. Actually, the taught it the first time because I missed it. Yeah, Paulette, Paulette actually schooled Andy on, uh, you know, uh, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. No, you you taught me that. Well, part. well, that that okay. She just kept saying. was trying to teach you that, and then he and gave she you. She just the kept acronym. repeating nonsensical things about bananas. Yeah. In parentheses. <laughs> what does this mean? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not following this. Well, if you came to dinner, <clears throat> but you're too busy show prepping. Yeah, I'm too busy. What are you going to show in this show anyway? Like we're gonna get to Like we're gonna get to your prep tonight. Come on. No, it's one of those meme things. It's like. You know, symbol, symbol, symbol equals 45. Symbol, symbol, symbol equals 23. So what is symbol, symbol, symbol equal? Oh, All okay. Right? It's, and it's, and it's in one of those was a, was a random, instead of, instead of symbol plus symbol plus symbol, there was symbol plus symbol plus symbol times symbol. And that's what threw Andy. No, it was the miscounting of the bananas, but that's fine. <laughs> story <laughs> the miscounting of the bananas i am so confused dude, it was the so awesome in. because paulette's sitting there and she's like no 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 you, you andy don't worry about the clocks and the bananas just worry about <laughs> multiplying worry the- about the things in the parentheses there's no parentheses <laughs> <laughs> it was great Wow, it, it was totally ridiculous. But here, I, I the things if, I miss when I'm working. <laughs> if I may do this, I have spoken. It's a defunct blog. He no longer posts. Okay, but there was an RPG guy called Joski, the Dungeon Brawler, and Joski would do blog posts in all caps oh, in no. really ridiculous English. And he does a review of Zardoz. Oh, oh boy, I accept what you're giving me. So. It it, it 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 is and it's titled "In the Room Our Monsters Fight." <laughs> so a movie review, Zardoz. The blogs are very good to give me an inspiration to check out new stuff. James Malazinski, who's Malashevsky, he's another blogger, made me check out Clark Aston Smith books. Then Michael Curtis, I linked to punk band called Fear, and Zach made me look at real arts and some girl on girl action. <laughs> That's Zach Sabbath, who, you know, does the RPGs and porn. So I will sometimes, from time to time, let now you something I saw. Now, this way, maybe you will be inspired to try a new on for size. This blog didn't survive. I can't imagine why. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> I have known about Sean Connery, and he spells Sean wrong, movie Zardoz for a long time at Blockbusters, but I always had to think like, this cover looks stupid. How can I enjoy this movie? And it's a picture, the the iconic... The head. Red... No, no, no. Oh, Connery oh, oh, and the oh, red oh, leather thong. loincloth. Yeah, yeah, thong. But now after seeing things like Carcosa and Planet Algol, which are some OSR weird-ass settings, uh, this could be good. So it was on Fox's movie channel, and I watch it. The movie is good, but also pretty weird as shit. The story is, it's a thousand years from now, and Earth is a fucked up place. People run around like crazy people on the outside part where you can have death for breakfast. Face shootings and neck chops are common danger. Sean Connery is kind of like future Conan. Then he jumps on board a flying giant head ship and goes to the safe inside part where everyone looks like they're doing a fish concert for a while. Here is the problem. These are not cool hippies that give you dope and grilled cheese sandwiches. These are asshole hippies, and they're all pissed off 
you eat meat and think they are better than you, and the guys pretty much look like girls too, which makes for a trap later. Anyway, some hippies like Sean Connery, but others don't, and that's where the story gets going. I don't want to say anything more to ruin the surprise. Good things of Stardust. Maybe some very small spoilings. Number one, tits. There are lots of them, and the chicks are pretty hot, but they are kind of small. I don't know if that's a 60s thing or a future thing. I'd like to see some bigger chongos sprinkled in. Two, shootings and stabbings. A good number of them. The blood looks kind of fake. Three, imagination. There is some really wild stuff in here, and I feel like a director really tried hard to make a unique movie. That's pretty generous. Yeah. Bad things of Zardoz. One, confused. Oh, that supports yeah. Jeff. Because, I, I mean, it, it has that. <laughs> it has an element of Brave no, no, New no. World to no, it. No, no, no. In that voice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it like Brave New World, only different. <laughs> it like Aldous Huxley novel, only not. <laughs> there you go. Confused. I think Sean Connery boned a ton of hippie chicks, but I can't quite tell. Yeah. I know he... <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not wrong. The, the quote unquote, the quote unquote, sex scenes. You don't know what the fuck is going on. I know he boned at least one. The whole time you're waiting for him to pull a real Conan and make the women's don't, no, don't touch me, you savage, turn into yes, take my sex flower, muscle man. <laughs> but there was some weird editing or something, or maybe too many beers, and I got sleepy midway through. I think he boned a ton of chicks. I just wish they made it more clear. <laughs> Two, bigger knockers. I think I said it before, but boobs are all small. Need more variety. Three, more lasers and maybe robots. A good science future movie should have at least a couple lasers, maybe a robot. So I say look at the movie Zardoz. It's better than a lot of crappy new stuff, and at least I think everyone who make the film was trying hard to do something different. You will come out of the movie with a few new ideas, guaranteed. <laughs> I, I, I think I now know the identity of uh, film critic Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk not like Zardoz. Oh, God. You got me wanting to see this movie, Zardoz. Oh, it, it, I want to see it. Zardoz make Hulk brain hurt. <laughs> I, I need you to uh, live social media your experience, Matt. Oh, you yeah. Whatever oh. of your choice. Oh, we could, you know, that'll be a Patreon level. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll make live Matt stream Zardoz. Uh, Zardoz. <laughs> no, that, it'll just be the run, you know, the, uh, the running commentary. Right. I mean, like, what? what the fuck is going what? on here? What? Huh? What? What the what? Which you will Lock. say repeatedly because there were several oh, yes. times I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? I love, I love how uh, did he, did Jeff was agreeing. <laughs> yes, that's right. Did she give him her sex floss? Yeah. <laughs> Because they do this weird like say sex floss, sex blossom, like oh, semi-transparent fade into other scene, and sex it's like floss. cut together, and <laughs> you see Sean Connery moving, and then you see the other the lady moving, and she's kind of wearing a little bit of clothing, but still you can see and, through. And he's it. always wearing a little bit of clothing, and the way that they, the way that they cut it together, you're like, are are they are they having sex or are they? They're dancing. Dancing. I mean, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah, like I said, a jumbled yes, visual Yes, little mess. Jeffy, mommy and daddy are dancing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. A jumbled visual mess. That's Jeff, all I'm going to say. me and your mother are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> We're wrestling. Yeah, We're, really. 
we're having a tickle fight. Daddy always wins. <laughs> <laughs> and mommy goes, Daddy wins first. <laughs> <laughs> mommy wins most. <laughs> and Daddy complains because he has to help mommy win. <laughs> He's tired and wants to go to sleep. <laughs> Daddy wishes the wrestling match was a tag match. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you're leaving it vague because it's like, who's tagging out? You don't need to know. (laughs) That's irrelevant. Let's do a few of those emails about Ready Player One. First, hey, guys. Oh, this is uh, Deb starting off here. Oh, boy. Finally got to see Ready Player One yesterday. Oh, you know what? This isn't Deb. This is somebody else. Wow. <laughs> I, was, I got wait, Deb from this Wait, one. wait. Give me a second to rearrange my head. Okay. Well, we'll put it this way. I had an image. Now I got to go switch that. Yeah, Change the voice. Yeah, th- this one This one starts, hey, guys. Uh, Deb starts, dude, guys. So, all dude right. Dude, guys. Okay. All right. So, hey, guys. Finally got to see Ready Player One yesterday. I avoided your podcast until after I watched it. I have also both read the book and listened to the audiobook in the semi-distant past. I felt the movie was a reasonable attempt at covering the material of the book, though the movie felt incredibly fast-paced. The events of the movie almost felt like it could have all happened over a weekend, not weeks, months, or years. The bad guy was comical, but I think that played to the gaming nature of the movie. Bad guys are often comical. Not really sure how I feel about how they portrayed Halliday's character. The wizard moments were really nice, but Halliday moments felt a little too shut-in slash awkward. Overall, though, I liked it. I just wish it felt more significant block of real-world time was involved for the characters. Hell, they could have stretched the movie out to three hours or so. Probably would have helped. On a side note, the audiobook was read by Will Wheaton. And was, Will fa- Wheaton? was fairly well done, despite Will's occasional inability to pronounce certain words correctly. I don't know what that's like. Great road trip listening material. This is from Freeze Dried Scoop. Thank you, Freeze Dried Scoop, for writing that in. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And you know what? I've been wanting to revisit the book. You should do the audiobook. I think I'm going to do the audiobook because I think I want to hear Will Wheaton do this. I want want you to keep track of which words he mispronounces. I want to hear which ones those are. You mean which words? Which words. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I mean, I have to say they squeeze in a surprising amount of material in the two hours and 20 minutes that the movie ran. Yeah. But it does feel feel fast-paced. Like it felt like it was less than two hours, even though it was over two hours. So, because I mean, I remember the credits rolling and going, wow, that was a quick movie. And it felt like it was about an hour and a half. And then I looked down at my phone. Yeah, yeah, it's It's two hours and 20 minutes. And I was like, oh. It did not feel that. No, it didn't feel like it was that long at all. One of the things I liked about it. You enjoyed it so much. That's why. Yeah. Oh, no. I I had a great time. That is why. Yeah. One of the things I liked about the book filling in the gaps was. Was you know the uh, that opening? You read the book, Andy. About two thirds of the way through. Okay, so. all right. Um, now make sure you're not spoiling anything. I'm not, okay. but, it's just, but I mean, it's this the opening scene, the first, the first key, mm-hmm. the giant crazy race, which is a great visual. But I'm thinking, you know, the world doesn't seem so bad if you get to do this. <laughs> but of course, in the book, you 
don't get to do that. You have to have lots of money to do that kind of crap. Yes. Okay. So that that was like, oh, that, now that, that that cleared up a lot for me when I read the book. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't... Co- they, they, they touched on how all these items cost money to, to use and so on, but they didn't say how long and how hard you had to... Now, yeah. I, I you know got, what? The, have, the, uh, the, little, the, the, the vertical trailer park felt a little too much like the little trailer park in... Um, in uh, the movie you didn't like, um, in um, that, that one, one. Yeah. Yeah. yes, that one, Last Starfighter, Last Starfighter. Thank you. I still can't believe you didn't like Last Star. Well, whatever. But it's not that I didn't like it, but I mean, they're all, everyone that's in the in the trailer park in the movie seems a little kind of chummy. It seems like a cute little neighborhood where everyone's down in their luck, but they're you know they're they're together. And that differs Whereas, from your trailer park experience. No, in the in the, in the book, he has to dodge uh, murderers and rapists oh, to get to school. Oh, um, <clears throat> yeah, actually, trailer parks—they're uh, their own. They're goondocks rule. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to be awful, but you know, stereotypically, they're the white ghetto or barrio. I mean, they're just that. That's what a lot of people. In places that I grew up and in Michigan and in, in, uh, Indiana, I agree with this. Yeah, thing. and it's funny because I always make that comment, and then there's always somebody I know who lived in a trailer park and 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 takes umbrage. But make sure it was a trailer park and not a mobile home community. The difference is in a mobile home community, you own the land. In the trailer park, you rent the land. Yeah, big difference. It did. It made a big difference yeah. to a guy who yelled at me on the phone one day. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you rent the trailer itself as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It. it <clears throat> they've got their own hierarchy. <laughs> All right. Here's uh, here's Devin Barry's take. Now, first, Deb's take. Dude, guys. Todd, why didn't you speak up more about the book on this? Artemis is so worried about meeting in real life because everyone only interacts with people in the virtual world. They work in VR, they go to school in VR, they don't even have to see anyone in real life if they don't want to. Because you can be whomever you want and look however you want, she is worried that Parsifal won't like her. Also, the big reasons they changed the quests was because of time and rights. In the books, there was something to pass for the key and the gate, and buy the rights to some of those properties was probably ridiculous. Do they... Do they... I'm reading this verbatim. Do they had to adapt due to money? Wait, is it is this... Ba- are we back to... What's his name? Joe over there? Joski? Joski! Do they had to adapt due to money and time? <laughs> Interpret that as you will. Wait, can you do that line for us? Do they had to adapt due to money and time? Oh my god, I know who that is now. <laughs> Deb has outed herself as film critic Hulk. <laughs> you know she's coming soon, right? She's gonna listen to this and you're gonna get it. Todd's the one who pointed it out. It really should have been a minute. And he said dance monkey dance and you danced. <laughs> <laughs> Now for the Sixers. That was my biggest disappointment from book to film. They didn't have the time to really make the audience truly understand how horrible life would be if IOI were to take control of the Oasis. Life in that real world is bleak. No one wants to live in the world. It's it's truly a miserable place. If IOI takes control, most people will lose their one escape from a dying and horrible world. Yeah. Now Barry's two cents. This should be good. Fuck this movie. Yeah, there we go. 
The book to movie conversion is about as good as we got with wanted exclamation point. Also, the Tomb of Horrors is referenced in the back of H's van. Everyone should read the book, Deb and Barry. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Short and sweet. Uh, the reason I didn't reference that in the book is because I read the book when it first came out, and so most of it has left my head. Mm. I barely remember the book, except for little key points in it. Right. So enough to know that the movie spirit was right, but it was missing some of the details. That yeah. Also, well, frankly, probably wouldn't have translated as well as the changes to film. Why can't mm-hmm. you just enjoy anything, Barry? Mm-hmm. Fuck sakes, man. He uh, the, enjoys uh, scotch. Yeah. The dance club, actually, in the book is much cooler. In the in the book, it's a sphere, and the gravity is uh, towards the edges of it. So you orient yourself when you go into it against the against the surface of the sphere. So the middle of the sphere is always up, no matter where you are, where you are. So you just walk around the whole sphere from the inside. Oh, okay. yeah, fun. Yeah, that would have been visually interesting. I think it would have been hard to pull off. In, but yeah, it, it was much more visually interesting when I read it that way. Mm. Uh, thinking about it, I'm glad it was as different as it was because I liked the challenges in the movie. Yes, and I liked the challenges in the book, and now I have both. Right. So. I, I can't fault that much change when I enjoyed both products. I, uh, I forgive me, Shock Monkeys. I forget who mentioned it on the lair about the uh, Spielberg conversions of books, and they mentioned how Jurassic Park, the movie, is is way different than the book. Yeah. I actually liked the movie a lot better than the Crichton novel. Oh, I, certainly. I read that when that I, when I knew the movie was coming out. I read the Crichton novel. So, like, months before the movie came out. So I didn't know what to expect from the movie. But I remember reading the book going, it's kind of entertaining, but at the same time, it's very dry, and it's not, like, super exciting. Yes, the movie was way different, but I felt like the movie was a far far superior product I've than the than the book. I've probably said this before about that book, but there's one element of the book they don't put in a movie, which is a movie element, and I don't get it. There's Which the part? ticking time bomb. There's the dinosaur that's on the boat mm-hmm. that oh, yeah. they know about, <clears throat> but the people on the boat don't know about. And so in addition to trying to survive the island, they're trying to get information to the boat before the boat gets to the mainland. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. So, I, that, I, the, I so the whole ticking time bomb is gone. And, sure. And, 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 and they, they did a bastardized version of that in part two. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so, yeah. 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 So thank you for, for yeah. writing in on your thoughts on Ready Player One. Yeah. Yep. Cool. I think it is time, because you haven't been here for a while. I haven't. So it's been a long time. I, I've been holding on to some of these. Oh, boy. Just to, just to share with you. Oh, good. 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 Oh, I'm That's glad you're embracing it. I'm, I'm ready. Ready? Yeah. Weekend Geek! Yay! Oh, oh you're not going to torture him some? Hey, you can't fool me, man. I'm yeah. ready. <laughs> I was ready for the switch up. I listened carefully. <laughs> I didn't this just time, react to the tonier voice. This time you did. Is that fool me once, shame on you? Fool yeah, me twice, I had four, shame I had on four me. weeks to rest up and get yeah. myself braced for this trip. Fooled them three times and four times, but yeah. not five. Yep. F- five is right out. Five there is right out. <laughs> Billy Mitchell. Yep. <laughs> Billy Mitchell was once called Gamer of the Century for uh-huh. achieving a perfect score on Pac-Man and for his world record runs on Donkey Kong and other games. 
In the 2007 documentary, The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters, Mitchell was seemingly the perfect antagonist for Steve Wiebe, a Donkey Kong player whose skills rivaled his own. At a critical moment in the film, Mitchell submitted a videotape of his new Donkey Kong high score that surpassed Wiebe's run. Now Mitchell's tapes may have led to his downfall. Twin Galaxies, that's the, uh, the recorder of all high scores in arcade games, has thrown out all of Mitchell's Donkey Kong scores and banned him from competition. Whoa. This was uh, uh, whether Mitchell used an, an altered Donkey Kong motherboard or MAME emulator for his high scores. So MAME, if you're not familiar, that is an arcade game emulator that you can play on your home computer, and you can change things up in it. Twin Galaxies only accepts scores from the original games, and the tape was challenged yeah, the by... the original hardware, right? Yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> Did, you okay? Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, you hurt yourself, didn't you? I'm you fine. did something okay. I'm fine. over there. <laughs> the tape was challenged by Jeremy Young of Donkey Kong Forum. Young and others provided evidence that Mitchell's run came from an emulator by breaking down the way the graphics appeared on screen. The implication of the report is that Mitchell could have used the MAME emulator to game the odds in his favor or record multiple attempts from different saves to achieve the maximum high score. Mm -hmm. Donkey Kong Forum threw out Mitchell's high scores early in February. Now Mitchell's records have been wiped away from all the official leaderboards. Mitchell's high scores also have been recognized by Guinness World Records, but the results of Twin Galaxies' investigation has now invalidated those standings as well. Now, Mitchell is firing back, standing by his scores, while also claiming that he'll prove that they are authentic by providing evidence to be made public, quote, in the near future. Unquote. Yeah, did you, did you read his statement? <laughs> uh, I, yeah. It's, the, it's, it's so, very Billy Mitchell. It's, <laughs> it's so vague. Like He says, he's like, I've been asked to address things that are recently in the media. The fact of the matter is now there's a true professional due diligence being done to investigate things that happened as far as 35 years ago. In a professional manner, not in a shock junkie mentality designed to create hits. We will show that everything that has been done, everything was done professionally. And then he says, according to rules, according to scoreboard, the integrity was set up, not 2014 forward, by the current regime. Who wants to reach back 35 years? Everything will be transparent. Everything will be available. And he doesn't lay, lay out at all how... Yes. They're going to do wow, this. Wow, he, he took that from the Trump school of social <laughs> media. <didn't he? laughs> I, I, I was thinking that, too. Like He goes and say, like, I wish I had it in my hands right now. I wish I could hand it to you, but it's taken a considerable amount of time. Oh. Witnesses, documents, everything will be made available to you. Jesus, Nothing will be it withheld. Does. It sounds exactly like You him. absolutely have my commitment to that. We've been at it since 1982, and it's not going to stop now. Oh, I mean, he's the the third unknown Cohen. Oh, there you go. Client uh, <laughs> <Quiet laughs> representation. Oh, I'm sorry, that was Hannity. My bad. My bad. I just I, I I read that thing like four or five times when it was released yesterday or was it Saturday? I forget. And I'm sitting there just going, I I can't make heads or tails of this. He's not describing anything at all. You know what? You're reading it wrong. I'm reading it wrong. Oh, you need okay, to read sorry. it like Chosky. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> he's back, folks. Joski, he's amazing. But I do like that they're they're restoring Weeby's uh, score. Now, that does was, he does he have the highest one? Yeah, Lethem yes. still the, the the highest official because his was on a machine uh, for sure. Witnessed by Twin Galaxies on 
official yeah, original the, hardware. The article mentions a couple of scores that are actually higher than Weeby, but lower than Mitchell's, but they are invalid for one reason or another. Yeah. So Weeby is the Weeby. Yes, Weeby. The Weeby. He's the poor guy. I I kept reading reading it reading it. Reading it. Thanks, Andy. I kept You're reading welcome. it. Uh, <laughs> weeb. weeb. I'm Weeb, man. <laughs> but uh, Weeby uh, um, is the officially recognized. Wow. King of, of Kong. Kong. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I still remember watching that documentary and just thinking to myself how convenient it was that, you know, Weeby gets this record and then suddenly Mitchell has this videotape. Of him playing Donkey Kong and beating Mitchell's, or and excuse me, Weeby's score. I'm surprised. By like a few hundred thousand or something yeah, like that. Yeah, well, I'm surprised like, you can do that. You can just, oh, I'll just videotape myself but apparently, and, oh, I can win. Woo. Apparently, since King of Kong's come out, he's done that with several records. Like, people have, uh, you know, submitted to Twin Galaxies, say, hey, I finally beat the long-standing high score for, I think it was Pac-Man was another one that he held. And then, like, suddenly, you know, like a week later, Mitchell has sent in this videotape saying, wow. well, not really, because here's another score that I did. And it just, it was a little too convenient. And and the second of all, why would you sit on that for, you know, the number of years that it would be? Wow. Just to, just to be able to have it handy and go, ha-ha, no, I got you. No, I'm still number one. Uh. It just It just felt weird. But anyway... Mitchell it always feels weird. Shh. What? Nothing. <laughs> my 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 Mitchell. <clears throat> oh, that's got to be the opening song. My my. That's got to be the opening song. Da-dare, da-dare, da-dare. Stop it. Da-dare. <laughs> Every time you do that, it just makes it worse. Da-dare. Yeah. And then Jeff has to hear about it. Because so all your yeah, fault. he's like, like, see right here, I could have just. Auto trim this and it would have been right out, but no, because he has dead air, dead air. I've got to physically, <laughs> I have to physically yes. listen to it to see that he's saying dead air and then sip it out. <laughs> you see, now Jeff, I'm mad at you because you're encouraging him. I'm not encouraging I know. him. Yes, I'm, you are. Now I'm we're trying to. Now we're going to randomly insert. Have you dead air. Matt before? <laughs> dead air. Jeff, I'd like to beat Matt by a Warhammer nemesis. Well, I mean, I could take it a step further. I'll Parthenon just tell Genesis. Paulette about it next time we have dinner and she'll be like oh really you can't <laughs> just leave it there <laughs> wow did he break I a like, sweat as he was starting I like to he talk? got like indignant for a second like you can't threaten oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, we'll see well we lost some people this week yeah we did oh yeah terrible first uh, Harry Anderson has died Father Tom was like yoink Anderson was 65 Wait, wait, what? What? I said Father Tom was like, yoink. Oh, wow. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Jesus. That is, Isn't that, is, that my job? That is one brutal Canadian. That was. <laughs> wow. Although in Harry Anderson's case, it'd be more like Father Time was like, flop, flop with the cloth. Oh, yes, laid yes. Over and then, whoosh. And, and he's just gone. gone. Yeah. <laughs> Genre fans will remember uh, Anderson is Rich, Richard. Uh, it's about that time. No, it's it? an only an hour in. I shouldn't oh. be doing this yet. Mm. Judge Harold uh, Richie T. Stone. Tozier. Now, genre fans. Genre. Oh, genre. Yeah. G E N. <laughs> well, Night, Night Court was genre. It was comedy. <laughs> Did you have to think there? <laughs> Thank you very much. Think there? Genre. It was comedy. <laughs> it has a genre. Don't take that away from it. Night Court had Brent Spiner. Yes, it did. Yeah. yeah. 
And a lot of, right, lot it of famous did. guest stars. Oh, wow. Uh, Richard Tozier in the original 1990 TV miniseries of Stephen King's It. Uh, Richie the Joker was played by Seth Green as a child, with Anderson stepping in as a fully grown character, a late night television comedian, and host. Boy, that works. Right? Mm-hmm. Anderson also appeared on an episode of Tales from the Dark Side and was a magic advisor on a second episode. Uh, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, and Tales from the Crypt. He also wrote an episode of Tales from the Crypt, Seance, about a couple of con men who try to con the wife of a rich man they accidentally killed with a seance. However, Anderson is best known, of course, for his role of Judge Harry T. Stone from Night Court. Uh, The long-running sitcom starred Anderson as the unconventional judge in Night Court cases. Anderson also had a recurring role on Cheers as Harry the Hat Gideon. Also appeared in a dozen episodes of Saturday Night Live. Inspired when he saw wise guys in Chicago hotel running card games and performing occasional sleight-of-hand tricks, Anderson became intrigued by illusions. He trained as a magician, eventually joining the Dante Magic Club and frequenting the historic Magic Castle in Los Angeles. Anderson died at his home in Asheville, North Carolina. He also played Miami Herald columnist Dave Barry. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I have to say, I discovered Harry Anderson, uh, his whole theory on magic and how it's... It's used by some as a con through his one of his books. Mm-hmm. He wrote a fantastic books about one book about laying out uh, con men on the streets and uh, con men at the carnivals. Mm-hmm. Andy, yeah, <laughs> and we prefer th- carnival Americans. Of course, of course. I oh, should, okay. I should make sure I. <laughs> And there are. Uh, I gotta yeah. give you that one. That was good. Carnies, circus <laughs> oh, It wasn't yours. No mats. You know, smell like cabbage. Hashtag carnies too. Absolutely. Uh, but he wrote a fantastic book, which made me really interested in that aspect of it, which led me then to books by a couple of guys named Penn and Teller. So I actually yeah. have that Harry Anderson lead into Penn and Teller. So I have him to thank. It's a for good lead in. Yeah. And find that book if you can. I can't. I tried looking for it on the shelf, but I think uh, I've given it away since. I can't remember. One of his tricks ends up with this whole never do this, never do that, and never go to bed with a woman with more troubles than your own. <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> yeah. Also, actor Arlie Ermey, who died Sunday morning from complications from pneumonia. He was 74. The real-life military veteran was routinely cast in roles reflecting his experience as a U.S. Marine Corps Staff Sergeant and Honorary Gunner, Gunnery Sergeant. The most famous example, of course, was Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket. He also provided the voice of all the plastic army men in Toy Story films. Ermey found his niche bringing cartoons with military ranks to life in, here's the list, The Simpsons, Kung Fu Panda, My Life as a Teenage Robot, Kim Possible, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, Invader Zim, Big Guy and the Rusty, The Boy Robot, The Angry Beavers, and, and more. He also gave uh, Batman a villain as Wildcat in Batman, the Brave and the Bold TV series. A villain? Yeah. Isn't Wildcat a... Hmm. I thought Wildcat was an older hero. I don't know. I never saw it. He also appeared in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake and Seven. We also lost one more this week. Hmm. Radio disc jockey Arthur William Bell passed away at his home in Pahrump, Nevada on Friday the 13th. How perfect. Right? right. Good Does, Christ. Right? That's a, that was a plan. 
The longtime UFO conspiracy theorist and radio host was known for his paranormal-themed radio program, Coast to Coast, that aired on 500 North American broadcasts in the early 1990s. Bell first got his start in radio business when he was 13 years old. According to his biography, he was recognized in the Guinness Burk... The Guinness Burka. <laughs> the Guinness Burka Burka Records. Uh, for a 116-hour and 15-minute-long solo broadcast marathon when he DJed for an AM station in Okinawa, Japan. He later founded and put KNYE 95.1 FM on air in Pahrump. The New York Times bestselling author and DJ retired in 2015 to spend more time with his daughter and wife, uh, Arian Bell. Uh, Bell was 72 years old. And his daughter was 10. I'm sorry? And his daughter was 10. No, really. He really had a 10-year-old daughter. Good on him. Yeah. Absolutely good on him. How many years? That's why he was spending more time with her. He knew he didn't have a lot of time. Sure. That makes all the sense. Uh, I, I... I used to love his show. Of course, when I was first listening to him, I was buying into all that crap. Mm-hmm. But uh, even when I stopped buying into the, the whole conspiracy theory, UFOs are after us, uh, I still would listen to the show because it always had a wonderful creepiness to Always it. entertaining and weird. Yeah, and and actually. There's nothing like uh, driving through the Canadian wilderness, snow all around, having that going at like 3 in the morning, coast yes. to coast AM. I loved I it. I think the first time I heard him, I was driving back from the Bay Area from a convention middle of the night uh and he's talking about black helicopters as we're driving somewhere near goldfield nevada i mean oh there's yeah. nothing around us and he's talking about the black helicopters and flying over area 51 and you know, which is just to the east of us and it was it was delightfully creepy we had a way to be introduced to him yes yeah i remember one episode about shadow people that just had me chilled yeah, th- yeah. I, th- there were times I could not listen to him, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, <laughs> not a big ghost story guy. But he would get to me. Yeah, yeah. That's some that's of those call-ins, though. Those people got called in. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. yeah. That was that was. Always yeah, fun. that was like one of his hallmarks, wasn't it? He he took every call seriously. Yes. And and, yeah. and, and gave you the platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I sadly never really got to listen to any of his stuff. Oh, oh, it's yeah. all out there. Yeah, yeah. no, I, listen, I know it is. I just, I, I, I listened to it. At, I listened to it one time uh, when I was, you know, in the car with my friend Rick, and we were listening to the radio, and it was like for some reason his radio was stuck on the station that plays it. <laughs> Like, like it was literally broken. His radio was broken, and uh, my, my, my radio is broken on Perump. I can't turn off Perump. <laughs> but That's his a conspiracy. His show came on, and I think it was when Kreskin had predicted that we were going to see aliens. Kreskin head. The amazing Kreskin, like the amazing Kreskin head. It was like it was like two thousand one or two. He had predicted that there was going to be this. Uh, UFO yep. that would be seen in Nevada and you know and it never happened but uh no I I know right but I remember <laughs> in the car listening to I this remember, and he was talking up, about he it waited up for that <laughs> like the great pumpkin man <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that that was my only real exposure to to Art Bell so. and I, when I found out he died I immediately posted the ballad of the grays yeah. uh, oh lord if I'm abducted don't let it be the grays yeah <laughs> Wise advice for everyone. Yeah, but that, that, that the only thing I could find of it was something he'd played in radio. So it ends with you can hear Art Bell's voice and oh, yep, there it comes. Oh wow! Because he, he gets Fitting. he gets reference in it, you know. Yeah, those grays are nasty. Mm. <laughs> if yeah, they do they exist, are. Oh, if they yeah. do exist, oh. 
Oh, they exist. Oh, okay. In my <laughs> dreams. They're right over the hill in the kingdom of Nye. Oh. <laughs> Avatar's Walt Disney World attraction is adding a new walking character in the form of mech suits Ooh. from the movie that the actors will wear. Shouldn't that be Disney's Avatar attraction? Yeah, really. <laughs> I was wondering that too. I'm I was, like, I was oh. like, "Wait a minute! Wow, I didn't know that Avatar had a Disney attraction." James Cameron bought Disney. <laughs> he, he could have. He could have. If you no, really, it's, it's actually that takes place on Pandora. You have to go to Pandora to see the theme park. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Disney Parks live entertainment executive producer Laura or Offer, oh boy Offerdahl said Offerdahl. Offered all. These are actually suits that have been what developed. What did she offer? Doll. Oh. <laughs> These are actually suits that have been developed by scientists to go out into the wilderness to explore the plant life and animals, unquote. And crush it. And crush it. <laughs> <laughs> crush your enemies. Have them driven before you. And hear the lamentation of the Look women. The plant life. <laughs> <laughs> it took a lot of teamwork to develop the 10 foot tall suits. Thumper, where's mommy? Controlled by the actors seated atop of them. Squish. <laughs> As fans familiarize themselves with the future of robotic tech in the lead up to the Avatar franchise's sequels. They'll have a much franchise? They'll have a much shorter wait time than the follow-up films. The mech suits <laughs> will make their theme park debut April 22nd. <laughs> Frontier. Hey, oh, did you finish? We were having like, so they... much fun. Uh, go ahead. Go is ahead. It, <laughs> is it only in Disney World then? Yes, because that's the only uh, place there's an Avatar attraction. Boo. Because they be have a, land. Well, I yeah. was, was going to be in Disneyland Man-locked. on the. Oh uh, yeah, Disneyland. No, they don't have land on May first. So they barely have Disney. Yeah, right. They need to start just digging down. That's. <laughs> I don't right. know if you could dig much deeper in that area just because of the flooding and everything. No, just incorporate oh. that into a water park. Yeah, right. there you go. Pirates oh of the Caribbean is already water. Underground water park. Oh my god. Oh, we get we we got to we we have to do like a radio play or something of an underground water park. Mm, it can be one of the episodes of uh not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> AMC speaking of Cameron is preparing the launch of James Cameron's six-part documentary series AMC Visionaries: James Cameron's Story of Science Fiction. The Oscar-winning director of The Terminator, Aliens, Avatar, and a whole lot of box office-breaking catalog of other movies you may have heard of is sitting down with some of the genre's most decorated names for, quote, a journey of discovery and exploration in order to help us understand where science fiction ideas come from and where they're taking us, AMC says. Throughout each episode of the six-part television series, Cameron explores science fiction's roots, futuristic vision, and our fascination with its ideas through interviews with A-list storytellers, stars, and others whose careers have defined the field, of, says AMC, including Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, Guillermo del Toro, Ridley Scott, Christopher Nolan, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Will Smith, and Sigourney Weaver, among a hundred other series participants, unquote. Cameron's deep dive into sci-fi for AMC is part of the network's larger ongoing AMC Visionaries documentary series, which follows into the origins of entertainment's varied genres. There are plenty more installments besides Cameron's, including AMC's Visionaries, Robert Kirkman's Secret History of Comics, which was very good, as well as the upcoming AMC Visionaries, Eli Roth's History of Horror. 
AMC's Visionaries, James Cameron's Story of Science Fiction, will premiere on April 30th at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Did you hear the silence in this room? That was everyone in this room bucking for you because you were getting through every sentence. You made that entire <laughs> thing. Thank and you. We were all sitting there with bated breath. Can he do it? Can he do it? Yes, he did it. I wasn't. You know, he wasn't. Neither was neither was Kay. Actually, I, I watched. I was watching him off the corner of my eye. Yeah, Kay bates his breath very. I was very like subtly. any minute now. Will, will just he give it, it time. He's just two syllables away from disaster. Three from catastrophe. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. That's ha uh-huh. I'm okay. There's a Japanese name in the next one. He's doomed. The the Kurt Renz comic book ones was fantastic. So if if it's anything on that caliber, it's going to be an amazing. Yeah. You talked yeah. about that, didn't you guys? It was so good. Where is that? AMC. It was on AMC. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's wow. come and gone, but I'm guessing it's getting replayed. Well, I don't have AMC anyway. Fuck all this. Neither do I. It's oh, I feel so much better now, Matt. Thanks. <laughs> you two can, uh, you know, well, console one Well, I mean, Netflix another. occasionally puts AMC stuff up there. It might uh, pop in there. I think I saw it once in a, in a queue or something. And boy, oh, boy, have I learned with Netflix. Even Netflix uh, original type stuff, you, you, you better watch it when it shows up. Yeah. Because yeah. that shit will disappear. Yes, By the will. way. Yes. Um. The uh, uh, what the whatever the hell you were reading in that triggered uh, something I wanted to comment on. No, we were we uh, we talked about the sitcom. Oh, you mentioned the title of the sitcom. That's right. Well, that thread must have tripped an algorithm in Facebook. Uh oh. Because I have gotten two friend requests from guys LGBT. No. Emphasis on the T. Nice. Um, and it's it's bots because you know those yeah. you know those bogus accounts where they and why is it always eight? They have eight friends. You go <laughs> you 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 check out the person and it's like so and so this account is like a week old and they have eight friends and you know and and uh, two of them and have come up and just and just since we've done that thread and I'm like. And at first I was like, why in the hell am I get- I mean, I don't know these people. They're not even in Vegas. They don't look like they're Trek fans. They're not Geek Shuck. They, 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 I go to the pictures and I'm like, oh. They, uh, oh. Uh, yeah. But, so but, but, but. People are trying to steal me away from you, Andy. <laughs> It'll never happen. <laughs> yeah. I've I've gotten to the point with Facebook that I the only friend requests I'll accept are ones that I personally know, like in the real world. And I don't do that. I, <laughs> so yeah. you're, I guess you're better than the rest of us. Then that's man. right. He's better off. No, but, anyway. but like, I mean, I, I'll even get fans of the show that friend me, and you know, I apologize in advance for not accepting your. Your friend request. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I got the, I, I'm sure there's some scoops and some shock monkeys out there that I've tried to frame. I tried yes. I tried to friend as many of those as yeah. I recognize. Sometimes I just don't recognize a yeah, name. Yeah, you or, have no clue. And, I mean, it's yeah. nothing personal. It's just that's just how The first thing I I, I'll do right is, is check the mutual friends to see where the chain is. Mm-hmm. I but, just I don't even do that anymore. If I don't recognize well, the name, you know, wow. I just, yeah. Wow. But, um, Streamline the process. Yeah, it's huh? really gross, actually. I will... Um, I've kept my dad's page up on Facebook, um, just a general, uh, just like a memoriam type mm-hmm. thing, and and it's gross. He actually still gets 
young Russian women friend <laughs> requests. And you know Sheesh. that it's some kind of predatory going after old men scam thing. It's I get just, those too. <laughs> <laughs> now you know why you get those, Andy. Wait. <laughs> you mean they don't love me for my uh, laugh? You, you mean they're not willing to marry me just to, to, to move to the U.S.? Yeah, just to get a green card? Gentlemen, let's do some red light, green light. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, green light oh. the hell out of that uh, Simon Pegg thing, too, by the way. Yeah, Simon. Yeah, uh, you 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 weren't here. You were on vacation. I greenlight by proxy. Your studio lost the rights to that. Yeah, so get out of here. All right, red light, green light, gentlemen. Johnny Galecki is taking science to the next level this spring on Discovery and Science Channel. He will be hosting Sijinks. A show that is a mix between Mythbusters, Impractical Jokers, and Ted Allen's short-lived food detective. Red oh light. Oh, my God, am I red, red lighting light. that fucker? <laughs> just red light. You just, you just stop. Red light. Yeah. <laughs> you need go no further. Uh, Galecki, along with co-host Tamara Robertson. I almost went red light at Galecki. <laughs> what? And Jason Latimer. He's a magician and curator of the Fleet Science Center in San Diego. Will test out experiments on unsuspecting people using concepts from fields like chemistry, physics, technology, and engineering. The entire point of the show is to introduce viewers at home to scientific discoveries in a fun way. According to IMDb, science, scientists, physicists, and STEM students will appear to aid in the execution of these pranks with brains. Put your hand in this liquid nitrogen. <laughs> I have dunked my finger in liquid nitrogen. Why? For fun? Because they de it's a, it was a demonstration of the heat from your body. Now, if you dip it and don't hold it in there, it can't it cannot harm you because the heat from your hand is immediately vaporizing the the liquid. So, but I mean that's the kind of thing that I think they would do not having somebody dunk their head in liquid nitrogen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, Andy, yeah. be reasonable. We, um, we all know that that uh, played out in Jason X. Remember right? that? Yes. And then I one of the smash. finer moments, yeah. right? <laughs> in yes. a fine movie. Yes. I, it's so difficult to catch that kind of entertainment and teaching that, like MythBusters did. You know, where you're you're presenting science in a fun way so at the end of the show people don't really realize that they have learned something i don't like the setup that they have here plus i don't like impractical jokers so that's that's almost an immediate red light for me too so but yeah i'm gonna have to to red light on this one wow. even though i do like johnny galecki is yeah well. what's wrong with you andy i just can't imagine him doing anything Other with any uh, gravitas you have to. It's it's have tough you, because have you he seen doesn't. Suicide Kings. No. Yeah. He's he's that really good fix, in that. That will fix your galeckiness. Okay. Yeah. He's definitely had the issue of having done a the character on Roseanne, and that was definitely it was very much a character, mm -hmm. and then the same problem in Big Bang Theory because when the you listen to him too talk, similar. That's yes, and and. So I assume when you that listen, was him. When you listen to him speak on Big Bang Theory, he's got that kind of whiny, nasally voice. But then when you hear him in interviews or when he was in Suicide Kings, he's got a very normal voice and, and almost a likable 
actor in that respect. So I don't. Yeah, it's. I think it's. He's hold strong to your red light. No, I'll re- I'll rethink my quickness. I'm still holding on with the red light. Although, as we pointed out, I think the it's type of happen regardless. I my 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 hope is this works out, and they, they I really hope they can make it work, and I hope it's a great show. I don't hold out a lot of hopes that it'll happen, though. I don't I, I don't have any a lot of faith in the show. Yeah, I was just saying that I think you know the types of characters that have been successful for him have been a deterrent to him as little typecast an actor. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, then green light this, because maybe that his breakout. His breakout. He's, he's not hurting for money right now. I didn't say his, <laughs> his paycheck. I said breakout. Mm, Johnny Galecki starring in Breakout the Movie, based on the video game, coming soon by Michael Bay Pictures. Yeah. Or whoever did that Rampage movie that just hit. Apparently, apparently it's doing very doing well. Great. Yeah. It's not, been, it's not gotten great reviews, though. People are flocking to it. You know, oh, and speaking of that, you know what that means? If this movie is success, my Joust movie is just it's coming it's up just play. around on the corner. Way. And the oh breakout boy. movie starring Johnny Collette. If that breakout movie needs to be a historical picture, put in an Alcatraz, mm. right? And a big pong hand, right? <laughs> And fireballs to take out the bricks. That we've got to fly this spaceship, and we've got to use its its special shielding to catch this giant space ball no, that's, that's coming down. That's Zevius. Let's let's <laughs> get let's get our our breakouts clones separated here. All right. Can right. you separate the clones? Wait, what's, what's are they what conjoined that clones? Bit of text at the beginning of Zevius. The space arc thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it's, it is. It's in English. I remember that. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, that one obviously didn't pan out. A red light, green light. Amazon Prime, Liberty Global, and all three Media International have picked up sci-fi thriller The Feed from Walking Dead writer Channing Powell. The show will be based on Nick Clark Windows' novel of the same name. Windows' book takes place in a post-apocalyptic, a lot of these, post-apocalyptic world where The Feed links all of humanity together, giving them access to every scrap of information and emotion oh, in existence. Okay. As a result, most people are addicted to this advanced technological tool, but the plot follows one person who resists its charms, Tom, the son of the man who created the feed. When it collapses, society is decimated, and the world as these three characters know it is over. Scavenging for food is the only way to eat, and minor maladies are now fatal. In this futuristic end of days, Tom and his wife, Kate, must protect their family at all costs. But when their six-year-old daughter, Bea, goes missing, they go have to set out on a dangerous adventure to find her, unaware of who they can trust in this new world. Amazon's adaptation of The Feed will take place in London and arrive on Amazon Prime sometime in 2019. Uh, Powell has written 11 episodes for The Walking Dead. The Feed. Oh, well, there you go. Mm. Yeah, See, there's your, there's you. You need to spend more time in reality, moral. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This yeah, I'm gonna give it a green. Promise. I'm gonna give it a green, green too. The green, green. When I heard the feed, if originally I thought it was another zombie thing. Sure. So I'm glad it's this. It's <laughs> it's it's Neo and Ready Player. It's Ready Player Neo. Ready Player Neo. So uh, so yeah, I'm all for it. Jeff. 
uh, I'm going to be the lone holdout. I say red. Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't sound interesting. Tupac apocalyptic Tupac. <laughs> hey, you know, post-apocalyptic. Isn't he a metal uh, rapper? A goth rapper? <laughs> survival. I mean, Apocalypti. it's just, I don't know. Just doesn't sound in, as as different enough to make me want to watch it. All right. Jeff's alone holdout. Green light. I believe we're red. confusing Xevious and Arkanoid. Arkanoid. You're right. It's Arkanoid. Xevious oh. is that shooter. Yes. Oh, when I, this came out of my mouth, I'm like, I know I got The that era one. and time of this story is unknown. After the mothership Arkanoid was destroyed, a spacecraft Vaus was scrambled away from it, but only to be trapped in space warped by someone. Dot, 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 dot. Wow. That space warped. You got schooled on a video space thing warped. from Andy. This is true. This is true. I accept my fate. I'm cool with it. Yeah, really. This is why we call him. If he check. didn't, someone would have emailed me and, and schooled me either right. way. So we had to wait. I'm glad we got that out of the way early. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd have to wait a few days for the response. We might have to wait two or three weeks for him to read the email. Mm. Or years. <laughs> or not at all. Ooh. Oh. Puff puff. Puff. <laughs> puff <laughs> what are you puffing? I'm smoking my pen. I'm oh, okay. All right. Whoa. All right. Wow. Glad you explained it. <laughs> All right, red light, green light. Okay. Don Mancini has written every child's play film in the franchise and has directed the past three films. He is now developing a child's play TV series. He said, quote, We plan to use child's play in the title. We want to definitely signal that we are going dark, darker than ever before. It's going to be very creepy, unquote. Mancini goes on to say that the series was, quote, deliberately set up at the end of the last movie, Cult of Chucky, and then made sure to add that the tone is dark and disturbing once again. So dark. It's very dark. Dark, dark, dark. And disturbing. The franchise producer, uh, David Kirshner, also confirmed the series is in the works, saying, I don't think there's a relationship that lasted this long. I'm incredibly excited about the series and to explore a world which we've never done before. Don has taken the franchise in a wonderfully frightening direction. He seems to outdo himself every time. Unquote. The show will consist of eight hour-long episodes. Now, if you haven't seen Cult of Chucky, which I'm assuming a lot of you haven't, I don't want to spoil it, but it does set up the potential for a television show. Does it set up a whole bunch of Chuckies? Yes, it does. Okay. Yes, it does. Just so you know, I'm going to give it a dark red. (laughs) <laughs> oh! Only because I've never been a fan of the Child's Play series. Crimson, right. even? No. Never been a fan. All right. Blood a, red. A, a red from the uh, the child-hating Canadian. I'm I'm Shire. also going to be... I'm also going to side with Matt on this with Red Light, because I, I did not see Cult of Chucky, but I also could not finish Bride of Chucky, or uh, what was the one right before that? Uh, I... If if that was the last Chucky's you've seen, it's gone back to better roots since then. No. It, it's definitely not that Chucky anymore. The f- the first two were were pretty good. The third one for me was eh, and then Bride. I was just like done. Yeah, so. Curse of Chucky, which was the one before Cult. Okay, is aside from the first one, it is my second best one. Well, I'm still standing by the red. I think it's I think it's a series that's outlasted. It's is a uh, is Core Bri- audience. Bride of Chucky the one where Chucky bangs Jennifer Tilly? Yes. Oh yeah. I'm gonna give it a dark green. Oh, because you don't fuck with the Chuck. 
There you go. I'm actually not a big fan myself, but what the hell? Fuck it. Just, you know, people need to <laughs> yeah, make a buck. I'm not a fan of him myself, but I'll, I'll follow my uh, my uh, my uh, my life partner over there, and I'll go with the, <laughs> the dark green, too. All right, uh, monkeys. There goes the algorithm again. <laughs> All right, monkeys, it's in your hands. Red light, green light, cold of Chucky. And, and, and I'm being shown a picture of Andy in front of a fantastically piece, a uh, painted piece of dark carnival ride art yeah. of Chucky. I really appreciate that. I love Carnival Art Ride. Very Art. topical, Andy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> we had a late night. Right, Yanni McYonerson. Huh? Yanni? But, uh, oh, I don't, I don't know any Yanni Nobody songs. Nobody knows any Yanni. This is just the way it is. Yeah, if he said Zamfir, Master of the Pan Flute, we could have done something. See? He's on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zamfir. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's the contribution. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's funny because my dad was one those, of the ones that bought the CD oh, no! of the wow. pan flute music. No! Wow. Oh. It's pretty the first time you hear it, but it gets really old really quickly. <laughs> by, the, by the second track, you're like, okay, turn it off. When, when I got my first professional keyboard, mm-hmm. uh, it had the pan flute setting. Did it really? Uh, oh, man. Korg O1W Pro. <laughs> And yeah, I fell in love with that sound. I, I, I annoyed my roommate with it, giving him my own little Zamfir orchestral piece. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Electric Zamfir orchestra. Yes. Mm. And I, because you know it was on a keyboard, I had pan flutes harmonizing Thousands with one of another. Pan flutes. <laughs> oh boy. It was a whole thing. You, I, you had a panoply of pen flutes. I think I had about five different roommates through college. Now it was pandemonium. That's thank you, thank you very much. Uh, we, He's we back, everybody. Move on before it becomes a pandemic. <laughs> oh Jesus, pan! I'm out of here. Okay, so split on that one. Let's let's try this one. Red light, green light. Martin Scorsese. Green. Green. <laughs> Has a new TV series in development that will focus on Julius Caesar and the Romans. Green. Julius Caesar and the Romans. I think, no, that's, that's the punk band from 1972. Right. It started the whole thing. You didn't know that. It was before right. the Ramones. I'm sorry. I, with, the, with, the, with the noise Ed going Boudet. on here. Ed ah, ah, ah. Did you say it's a Scorsese documentary or a Scorsese drama? Film. I haven't said okay. either. <laughs> All I heard was like I all I heard was Scorsese and then noise, 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 noise. That's how he hears you. You got drama in my documentary. You got documentary in my drama. It's both. He is working on the series with screenwriter Michael Hurst, who is best known for his work on History Channel's Vikings. Green. Damn Vikings. The series will be called The Caesars. According to The Guardian, the story will focus on the early rulers of ancient Rome, beginning with the rise to power of Julius Caesar. The plan is to have the series run for several seasons. Hearst says the goal is to give new insight into the young Caesar. Quote, in the movies, he's usually a middle-aged guy struggling with political complexities. But he was fantastically interesting and ambitious when he was younger. Yep. A lot of the Caesars came to power when they were young, and we've never really seen that on screen. It's the energy, the vitality, the excess of a young culture 
that's being driven. What the fuck is going on over here? I didn't drop it. <laughs> what is going on? Having a popcorn I, I'm, I'm fight. Seeing a, I'm seeing a, <laughs> I'm seeing push, a push fight between Kay fight. and Matt. But there's no popcorn. <laughs> he had a cough, so I handed him his his Friday oh, was, the Thirteenth popcorn thing, like he was gonna throw up in it, oh. and he pushed it away like I don't need that. I thought he was taking it from me, so I let go, and he wasn't holding it. <laughs> So hilarity ensued. I was getting a whole oh. Wayne's World moment here. Like, if you got to spew, spew into this. <laughs> it's the energy, the vitality, the excess of a young culture that's being driven by young people. There's something astonishing about the rise of a relatively small kingdom to world power within a very short space of time. It couldn't have been done by tired old politicos and faded warriors, unquote. Whoa. The pilot episode has already been written. Shots fired. And is expected to start shooting in Italy next year. So, the Caesars. Red light, green. That sounds like a drama, then. Yes. Yeah. Green. Yeah, green light. Scorsese. I have a problem with the ageism. <laughs> you have a problem with the ageism? Is it close yeah. to home? You're not even getting Russian things. You're getting transsexual things. What? What the? What? Well, well, this this is. We, we, H, this uh, is don't, don't, don't encourage him. We've stumbled into an episode of their sitcom. Just, <laughs> just stay out of it. Andy, this is why people don't believe. <laughs> the part of fact check Andy this evening will be portrayed by Maple Leaf Matt. <laughs> You knock your microphone on the floor. He's dropped stuff on the floor. He's knocked stuff off the shelf, and he just dropped his microphone on the floor. I can't hear you. <laughs> Mic drop. I went up to get away to go get some water, and I actually tripped over the fucking. <laughs> That's what he's gonna do with those cords, isn't it? Oh, he's got the hiccups. Yes, now I do. <laughs> you no, you, you call the Andy. The, if you have the hiccups, you keep that microphone by your face. <laughs> This is important. The doctor sits Matt down at the office. Uh, Mr. Matt, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, you've caught a case of the Andy. No! <laughs> dun, dun, dun. What do we do? Doc, what do we no one can hear Nothing. you. No one can hear you. There's no help We can't for you. do anything for you. That's the problem. Now you'll slowly now change over you. time. You'll get a little shoulder. All right, so where were we? We were red light, green lighting. Uh, yeah, I had a problem with the ageism and then transsexuals. I don't know. It's, I, um, this got weird. Uh, I actually, I'd like it. I think um, it's kind of weird because Rome was actually the republic and the kingdom for a couple hundred years before it went to the empire. So I don't know about this new energy whatever thing, but... Um, yeah, Julius wasn't the first of the. Yeah, I mean, I mean, emperors. Uh, well, he wasn't an emperor; he was a yeah. dictator. Augustus, uh, after the civil war with Anthony, and there you go, right there, you've got a shitload of story. You- <laughs> wow, he's those, like those convulsing. <laughs> you know, what? I'm I'm gonna hold on this, K. Matt, why don't you tell us about your expanded opinion of, <laughs> of the Caesars? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. So no, no. Um, Try. I, I like it. No, I, I agree with mostly what. 
I agree with what Kay's saying. I give it a green light. Mars Scorsese, Julius Caesar, <laughs> Romans, awesome. Simper for Dallas. For the Emperor, sir. <laughs> I miss this so much. <laughs> Before you said for the Emperor, did you dip your hand in some lard? No, because I went 140K, not Caligula. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a version of the game mm. I don't want to see. All right. Well, that's why they make the miniatures so small. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> they fit. But, but pointy. <laughs> um, but Spiky bits. Actually, if they were to do... I mean, if they were to do just this Roman history series that just runs... I mean, that they... That could be a series that just goes on for fucking ever. Where do you start it? Well, it depends. Do you want to start it in the kingdoms of Rome? Did they already do the Ed on HBO? Let's start with a wolf that adopts twins. Yeah, Mm. really, you know? Or Aeneas. He came from Troy. So, well, uh, Trojan War. Or, you know, know, I mean, there's there's a... (laughs) Lot you could do. Um, well, I'm, I'm done you know, for tonight. I think. You, you, <laughs> oh no, you're not. You cursed you him when talk, you told mister. him not to get the hiccups because now he has the hiccups. Yeah. Right. Uh, so red light, green light, gentlemen. I would like Matt if you would read this for me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to vote now? I'm going to vote on this one. All right. Fox, that one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, oh, he's warming up. He's folks. got a stretch. yourself, folks. It's going to be a bumpy ride. He, he might have escaped it. He might have escaped it. I don't think so. No, I didn't. <laughs> Read. Put me on the spot. Yes. Fo- <laughs> Can't even get. Fox is piloting man versus robot, which pits families against artificially intelligent robots in large scale physical contests. Ah. Each episode will be hosted by British X Factor host. <laughs> Dermot O'Leary, and include four teams of competitive brothers and sisters at... St- <laughs> see, it's not one. <laughs> there you go. Oh. It's a noble effort, sir. I appreciate the yeah. attempt. Thank you. Are you okay? Are oh, you it's gonna- hard. His eyes are watering. <laughs> Dateline, England, Fox Television presents... Now respect. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That was a wow. true thing, wasn't it? Really? That was, that was, he went Cartman on your ass. <laughs> Respect my thought. I'll finish it here. Oh, good. Oh, okay. oh wow. He threw down the gauntlet. Where was I? Okay. Competitive brothers and sisters and stay-at-home moms and dads. <laughs> <laughs> Taking on real-sized gaming robots. The show comes from British production company Tuesday's Child, part of the Greenberg, Greenbird Media. <laughs> which produced trust me i'm a robot for britain's channel four wait what was that show called trust me i'm a robot for britain's <laughs> channel four <laughs> see now you're just torturing him uh, according to karen smith now. head of tuesday's fuck you andy <laughs> head of fuck you andy uh tuesday's child uh, uh, quote okay we've created real-sized gaming robots because we wanted to hook into how can't read now because the fucking there we go lights <laughs> lights here we go yeah. how do you have an emotional moment with robots people are a little bit scared because of this great big thing is making its own decisions <laughs> <laughs> and it's finally played by pong what okay and it might only be playing pong against you but it's a compelling experience to be with them I, what that last line 
<laughs> Did you write this? Maybe. You do this to yourself, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> and it might only be yep. playing Pong against you, but it's a compelling experience to be with him. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, Andy uh, missed the best part. So, red light, green light, boys. Uh, what do you got? Uh, green, robots, cool. Yeah, fighting big green robots, and uh, kudos to the delivery. Yes. I did get to see a robot fight in Miami, and it was fun. So it's like a reality show then, essentially? Yes. Is that what I'm gathering? Man versus Robot is the name of the show. Okay. Problem with that is it's already been done before, and it failed miserably. (laughs) It failed miserably. um, It was here in Vegas. Yeah, I saw it. BattleBots. Something like that. (laughs) Yeah, BattleBots. The one here failed. Was that called BattleBots? It's, no, it was on Sci-Fi. It's no, no longer it's no longer on air. Right, but only it lasted like a year. Yes, <laughs> but yes. but that was the one where you built the two different robots. They fought in the middle of the yeah yeah. But you control them with like VR type shit, and uh, also no. remote control. No, I think that was a Hugh Jackman movie. Yeah, that was the. <laughs> no, no, he knows what I'm talking about. They I do. Like, it's, it was called BattleBots. I, I yeah. know. Any other thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear Matt talk about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was rough. Hey, I gave my vote. Yes. Robots fighting. Yeah, Come on. I'm what green, what, green what, light what on is, that. What is there that you need? What more? I want to see him fight playing Pong against each other. That sounds fun. Mm, All right, know. gentlemen. Last one. Red light, green light. I didn't vote on that last one. At, at this point, I don't even know if I heard what it was about. Okay. <laughs> it was hard. Oh. <laughs> it was... <laughs> It wasn't very good. <laughs> no. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> Green bird. That's Hillary. right. Jen. It. Ladies and gentlemen, Foster Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Matt, for doing that for me. You're not welcome. <laughs> Red light, green light. Last one. Hulu is setting Hulu? up a new drama in the form of Demons. A new series inspired by society's preoccupation with the sensational side of the Satanism subculture at the turn of the millennium. Hulu had to win a bidding war for Demons, which was will be written and co-executive produced by series creator Juliet Lashinsky Review. The series will focus on Marilyn Jones, the seductive patient zero in the frenzy surrounding satanic ritual abuse, unquote, along with her husband. The idea is to vote each season in the series to a single satanically tinged crime, quote, affected by the couple's dark exploration into the fragile nature of memory and guilt, according to The Hollywood Reporter. So Demons, a, a show about the satanic panic era. Of American history. I'm still not catching. Is it a drama or yes. is it an investigative series? No, it's a drama. Series? Okay. Red light. Red light. Yeah, another red light. <clears throat> Times two. Times it by three. Oh, that's it. It's dead. Okay, fine. <laughs> Your red light in there too? Red light. Oh, wow. That's the first full red. There you are. Big red light for demons. And what do you think? Especially shock monkeys. We were... a crossed on child's play so what do you think about that one mm. you can write to us comments at uglycouchshow.com or of course the shock monkeys lair facebook page and post your thoughts there and until next week i and hiccup torgo 80s jeff commander k hey <laughs> fact uh, check andy maple leaf matt <laughs>
<laughs> we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Ooh. <laughs> I think this is the first time hiccups happened on the show. Yeah, it all kicked off with tripping over the uh, yeah. mic cord. Yeah, we've had coughing and sneezing and Runny allergies. Fever, so and, you can rest medicine? But, uh, but no hiccups, yeah. yeah. Andy's farted. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. The old boy has he. Yeah. That, Multiple standard. times. Yeah. You just felt yeah. the couch rumble a bit? No, 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 no. The problem oh, no. is Andy's, you don't hear them. Andy is silent yeah. and deadly. <laughs> He's a, had more than a few times we were recording, and he... Kirsten just looks at him and goes, Andy! Yeah. <laughs> well, it, the, and then the, you're not sure if he's just encroaching on his area or if he ripped one. <laughs> and that was, that was mainly back when he was sitting right next yeah, to Yeah, well, this yeah, was right back in, between in us. the days of Paul because yes. I remember the first time uh, it, it's happening. <sighs> it's like an hour into the cast, and I'm like, God, what the, what the, who the hell is doing? And finally, Paul is just like, Andy, is that you? <laughs> and Andy's like, oh, I, I didn't know if anyone would notice. It's like, oh, jeez. And since then, I, I've been brutal in calling him out. That's why I always cork up firsthand. It's, it's appreciated. That's what the Warhammer figures are for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he it, it eats through the cork, and it just <laughs> it just burns its way out. And well, it's those, those hybrid corks gas. are only made of cork. They're kind of plasticky. Yeah, yeah those yeah, don't plastic. doesn't work. That doesn't hold any no. shit. Literally. (laughs) And all the ash. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andy farts dust. Yes. Yes. (laughs) 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 (